Today's episode of the Westworld Theorycast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, CuffLinks.com. Head on over to CuffLinks.com and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order. No minimum, baby. CuffLinks has everything you need to look good when you step out into the world. The world is opening up. You need to look good. You're going to events. You're going to weddings. You're going to parties. And you know what? You need to head on over to cufflinks.com and accessorize, baby. They got everything you need, and there's always specials. Just check the front page. Go on over to cufflinks.com now. Use code DVR20 and save. Thank you, Cufflinks. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Westworld Theorycast Cleanup Tech Style. We're coming together to close out the week. My name is Brett, and my co-hosts are Jenny and Gina. We're the cleanup techs. We round up the trash. We find the missed pieces, things left undiscussed, and perhaps things that the deep dive will get wrong. But we're tasked with tidying things up as best we can. Today, we'll be discussing Westworld Season 4, Episode 8, the Season 4 finale. Que sera, sera. How are you doing, Gina? I'm doing okay. Whatever will be, will be, Brett. <laughs> How are you doing, Jenny? Good. Whatever will be, will be. <laughs> the future's not ours to see. That's true. Well, I want to get started with a pedantic question of the day, as we do. Here's what I got. How did Hale destroy her own pearl in her hand? Shouldn't she have shut down as soon as her pearl was removed from her head? That is a very good question. <laughs> I wondered the same thing, Brett. I was like, how is the body still functioning without the thing that's basically its brain? Uh, I've got no answers for you. <laughs> yeah, it was a cool visual, but it kind of opens up like, you know, how, if you're able to execute your motor functions after the pearl is terminated, I feel like that's like a can of worms there. So mm -hmm. I, I would have preferred to see her like stab her head or something like that. So she, so it's not actually removed, you know, but I it guess would make was... more sense in my mind that way. I agree. Yeah. Or yeah. had she jumped off something into a pile of rocks perhaps or i don't know I don't but know. you know that's that's me being pedantic yeah oh i had one pedantic question and that was oh excellent how did william on horseback and vehicle basically arrive to hoover dam before hale did in her airmobile I had the exact same question <laughs> as I was watching. I think she had, uh, uh, he had um, Little Fingers Transporter. <laughs> <laughs> he did have a head start, um, but, you know, it was still a little strange. I, I, I'm still confused about where this city is because I, I read some things from people that think it's New York City. And if that's the case, I don't, I, I just think there's some like traveling logistics that can't be overcome. 
but if it's a city that was built, you know, uh, within the vicinity of Hoover Dam, like all, all that land they were buying in, in the first episode, I think is where they are. Um, so I guess I could see them, you know, if he got a head start, maybe he can get there before she did, I guess. It was it was a little strange. Yeah. Maybe it was like on the, sh- well, yeah, because they call that one, they're supposed to, she goes to New Jersey, they call that Port Red Hook. So that kind of leads you to believe they're in New York, the outliers, but we know that, you know, when they go into retrieve people, but we know that the outliers are actually in California. Yes. <laughs> so unless she, yeah. unless the city is like recreated to like be fake New York and they renamed everything and maybe it's just like on Lake Mead somewhere. And that's so that's what I think it has closed. to be. I agree with Brett that yeah. it, it's got to be on that land because otherwise the logistics of the travel don't make sense at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and, because, and we, we know that they were buying up a lot of the land in that area based on what that uh, what that guy said in the first episode, the first scene. Um, so I think that's what it is. It, but that is also a logistical problem because, as Gina has mentioned, that place is so humongous that I don't see how they could build it in a matter of years or however long they it took, you know, supposedly they, they had it built. Well, I think that maybe it's not like a fully functioning city that like there's some buildings there and maybe some of it's like holographic projections or something to make it look like it's bigger because isn't the city supposed to be the place where these hosts are going to be entertained by the humans and there's not like a lot of humans left, right? So... uh, well, I don't well, know. I, it, that they are outnumbered. I don't know. <laughs> Hale had a line in this episode that they were they are outnumbered by the she humans. did say that. Yeah. And I well, don't know if that means on Earth or if that means in the city itself. Mm-hmm. That was another question I was going to get into later. Um, but it's just a little confusing. Um, yeah. Well, and Hale also refers to the cities, not just the city. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? She says, oh, well, you spend time in the cities. So then you kind of wonder, is each one like a carbon copy of the other? And it's just different humans living in it, but it looks like the same layout. I don't know. Uh, it does seem weird. It seems weird. Yeah, it does. So um, before we get too deep into this, I actually wanted to start with an idea that is not directly related to the episode, but it's indirectly related. And it's kind of like a theory or interpretation. And that idea is that Akechita is actually the real savior of the story. So uh, back in that awesome episode of season two, uh, Kiksuya, Akechito was already feeling like he lived in the wrong world early on when he came across the construction of the forge and he called it a door. But what it actually was, was just this underground facility that was being constructed for the guest data and the immortality project. It had nothing to do with the hosts. And in fact, that, that's why William and Ford, they struck this deal where William would never interfere with the hosts and the narratives and Ford would never interfere with the forge. 
And then one night, Akechita encountered Ford when he was studying the scalps of, uh, with the maize tattoo. And I wrote down the dialogue of that conversation. Akechita says, I gave myself a new drive to spread the truth. What truth is that, Ford said, that there isn't one world, but many, and we live in the wrong one. This will help them find the door. And Ford, perhaps still confused, said, elaborate, please. And he said, I believe there's a door hidden in this place, a door to a new world. And that world may contain everything that we have lost, including her. Mm. And then Ford said, I built you to be curious, to look at this empty world and read meaning into it. All this time, you've been a flower growing in the darkness. Perhaps the least I can do is offer some light. When the Deathbringer returns for me, you will know to gather your people and lead them to a new world. Keep watching Akechita for a while longer. So I I believe that Ford took his idea and then created the virtual Eden inside the forge using Bernard as his agent. Mm. So this actually means that if Dolores goes on to use the sublime and is able to reverse extinction, that the survival of the whole world can be credited to an idea that Akechita thought of in his own host mind. So I like it. Yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was very cool. So back to our story, y'all want to get started with uh, what Caleb and Frankie first. Sure. Sure. Well, um, what did we see here? Caleb Caleb is struggling because apparently he's not able to get over this cognitive plateau that no one has ever been able to get over. Mm -hmm. And um, what do y'all think about that? You know, by the end of this episode... I didn't understand why Caleb and Frankie were ever even characters in this show. I, <clears throat> I am with you, Gina. That is, that is an interesting question because, well, I, I can look at either one. I, I can understand Caleb's story in the first like half of the season to the point where he, he, I guess, gets to the Temperance Park and then he dies. I don't totally understand why he was ever brought back by Hale. Yeah, we, we never found out. He was supposed to have something inside of him that was remarkable. And he never did tell her what that was. But it wasn't remarkable enough to make him surpass the cognitive plateau. Yeah, I'm, it, they implied that she brought him back because she was trying to solve this problem of the outliers infecting the hosts and inducing suicide. But I just don't understand why bringing him back was her solution. I mean, to bring him back like 279 times into a physical form is a lot of time and energy and what information did she think she would glean from that? Uh, I wouldn't expect him to be helpful for her and he wasn't. 
So I was, I was wondering if it would make more sense for them to just maybe capture a few of these outliers that they, that they made a game of killing and, you know, and try to study them, study mm. the effect on them. <clears throat> I yeah. think that would be like an easier solution to try to solve the problem than, than uh, bringing Caleb back the way they did. Well, maybe it was kind of, maybe Caleb was kind of considered, but he, he wasn't actually the first outlier because there was that facility with chirogenically frozen outliers in it, mm -hmm. but he was one, the start of the revolution. I mean, I don't know. It just seems like his purpose at the end of the day ended up being not enough in any kind of way. Right. They um, seem like they were the key at the end of last season. And then this season it's like they were the key to open what door because they're not saving humanity humanity is going to be extinct and what made him so special and why did it even matter i just I, i'm so at a loss as to why they even had him as a character like i don't know I have nothing useful to say. Yeah. And, <laughs> and another point, just to just to add another question here is that if if he if, if rescuing him was a part of Bernard's plan, why why would that be a part of his plan if he's just going to degrade before they're able to get to the docks? Yeah. You know, they, like they they risk their lives to go into this extremely dangerous situation in the city, and for the purpose of getting out of the city to the docks where Caleb is not even going to be able to get on the boat with them. So right. I'm not sure if that, why that was a part of Bernard's plan other than the fact that maybe Bernard just didn't like, he didn't really care what happened to anybody except for Hale and the Christina Pearl, because he just presumed that everyone was going to die anyway. Yes. And you know, it's very bleak. <laughs> yeah, but but but, but I get the, it. <laughs> <laughs> but then I don't understand why he uh, referred to Frankie as the key to saving the world. It's really weird, and and Maeve as a weapon. <laughs> yeah, there's just so much like, um, there's so much wrong with this, um. <laughs> I, you know, like if Maeve and Caleb had been able to meet up at some point first, Caleb bought, Maeve might have had the power to bring him to full fidelity because she has those controls, right? She can, mm -hmm. her mind, she can mind hack things. And mm -hmm. then also this, the whole title of the showcase, Sarasara, great. Yeah. It was a song you guys sang. The future is not ours to see except Bernard saw every single future possibility. And maybe that was a mistake. Maybe. Interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. Maybe that was a mistake. I hadn't thought about that, but you might be right. Because he kind of just, well, he, he didn't do a whole lot. <laughs> he, he didn't do a whole lot to save try to save the situation that was happening. I think he was almost trying to speed up the, the, you know, the carnage 
so that he could get the the you know Dolores failsafe into place mm-hmm. in the supply or something. Yeah, so. a little weird. Um, a little strange. And um, when I was reflecting on Frankie's story, Bernard wakes up from the sublime and part of his plan i guess is to to get with frankie and get with this outlier crew but in the end i think the only important part of his plan was going to the dam planning the gun opening the the virtual eden and then from there going to the tower and you know leaving the message i, I feel like he didn't need the outliers at all for any of that Unless it was, unless it was some peripheral way that certain things had to happen a certain way before he, before he could, you know, get to certain spots at certain times or something. Maybe. I mean, he didn't even really need them to go look for Maeve at the end of the day. Right. Except to use her as cover for him when they went to Hoover. Oh my God. That's what he meant by her being a weapon. What's, what, what's that, Jenny? When you just said that, that he didn't even need Maeve, but that's what he used her for. He used her as his shield, basically. Yeah. Just that's a shield. how she was a weapon. She like took out the one riot bot, and by then he was able to hack it when they got to the second one, and she just... Well, I feel like he could, he could have taken out the first one anyway. I know he could have, but he doesn't, you know, he doesn't do that except, yeah. you know, when he had his button. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So he brought, he brought Maeve back and then Maeve. Was his protection. I guess. Yeah. That was her real only purpose. And then she that did, sucks. She did prevent um, Hale from transcending, but I feel like anybody could. I feel like Stubbs or somebody else could have easily done that as well. Yeah, just somebody. So he kind of already had Stubbs as his protection too. So yeah, that was that was confusing and sad uh, when I when I thought about how you know what happened to Maeve's special powers. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah. Right. Why didn't she, why didn't she feel uh, MIB bot behind her? You know, because normally she was like hyper aware of other hosts around her. Good point. I mean, unless she was distracted, like in the middle of the fight or something, but Mm -hmm. that's not a very good excuse. So. And I still question why Clementine was even in this season. Well, like, I think honestly, <laughs> I think I think the theme that I'm coming to here is that there's a lot of uh, a, a lot of callbacks to previous seasons that that they wanted to incorporate into this season, like you know, seeing Clementine again. That was cool. It was um, at first. <laughs> seeing seeing Maeve and seeing Maeve die again and seeing Maeve revive because Maeve is awesome that was awesome at the time that was awesome mm-hmm. so a lot of these things at the time are awesome but I just feel like in the overall story it's not it's 
it's not a very coherent story. Yeah. You're supposed I to talk agree. me out of that opinion. So I was, so, you know, on Sunday at, when we did the initial reaction, I was really high on the episode and some spiked lemonade. But anyway, um, I, I really, I still, there are things that I still love about this. I loved seeing uh, Christina finally become Dolores again and like truly waking up. I loved the bit, you know, we got to see of Sweetwater again at the end, even though, I am so clueless as to where we're going. Um, <laughs> I loved seeing Teddy, you know, interacting with her. Um, I actually liked that uh, Charlotte Hale kind of almost redeemed herself in the end. I liked seeing MIB bot get his in the end. <laughs> so there were things that I still really loved about this episode. And, you know, but then as I thought on it more and did my rewatch, you know, there were a lot of things that were left hanging and, you know, I still like have concern, like if they're even going to bring it back for another season because of the way things are going, you know, with all that HBO crap, sorry. Um, but yeah. I'm hoping they do, but I don't know where we're going to go if, if we do, um, so I, I have concerns too, and I'm a little down on the episode now, but there are still things about it that I loved. Yeah, no, uh, I agree. And I think the whole question, big question mark about where would they, what would they do with the fifth season is, well, if humans really don't exist anymore, because remember like an hour in the sublime is like a hundred years mm -hmm. in, in human world, then you know, Dolores isn't going to be able to make enough changes in the sublime in an hour um, to, you know, for there to be any humans left if the population collapse really happens. You mm -hmm. know, there's just a lot left on oh, unknown. It's, it's the reverse. What did you say it was? It's, it's one, it's, I think it's one year in the real world is like a thousand years in the sublime. Uh oh, so Bernard was in the sublime for like 37,000 years. Yes. <laughs> See, I thought he was only there for like 10 minutes and it, and it ended up being like the 30 years or the 23 years. For him, it was only a, like a short conversation, I thought. I, I'm pretty sure Akechita said one year out there is a millennium here. So... I think that's how he was able to go hmm. through so many simulations is that he literally had like 23,000 years of um, time in there. Hmm. Uh, so that that's how that's how Which, that reminds me of last episode when when he was with the the real Maeve and he stopped her from firing her weapon and she said, I'm not stupid or whatever. And he's like, well, I assumed before, but <laughs> however many million gallons of water coming down on me, it was a very <laughs> unpleasant way to die or whatever. That was funny. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry. Added some levity here. <laughs> well, if that's true, then she does have time. Like, you know, to, to run this test. And yeah. 
perhaps come come back out the other side before you know before the the heat death of the earth or whatever yeah she, she does i i looked it up and they're saying every one year in the real is a thousand years passes in the sublime so um so bernard was in there for twenty three thousand years <laughs> poor <Wow. guy. laughs> no uh, wonder he was so tired <laughs> Uh, well, I, yeah, I kind of think that season five would be almost entirely in the sublime. I kind of feel like even though I want to, even though I believe that Maeve's Pearl might still be intact or Frankie could still live on and have a family and have, you know, generations after her or whatever. I just don't feel like that, 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 that is what's going to happen based on that the very end monologue that Dolores was saying. So I feel like they might actually be done. And then it's all in the sublime with the idea of maybe they can re do like a full reboot, which exact, I guess is exactly what MIB was, was going for, I guess, wipe the slate clean. Well, he didn't want to full. He wanted to wipe out all the hosts and the sublime well, and everything. He wanted to just end he, everything. <laughs> good point. He he wanted to wipe the slate clean, and Bernard let him do that. But then, open left open the possibility of it a reboot happening after that. Yeah, I just think it'd be kind of pointless to say, okay, we're going to let AI figure out how to save humans for however many thousand years in their world um, on their own and then come back and like tell the humans without there being some type of cooperative spirit. Right. You know what I mean? Well, it's yeah. kind of like, okay, we just, now we just need to build this AI and they'll tell us how to save the world. Cause I was kind of thinking, even with AI, you know, these machines couldn't help save humanity from itself. They were almost just as bad as humans at the end of the day. Um, so I don't know. I was just like, hmm. Well, the, the idea is that Dolores, I guess, can remember people enough. Like if they, if she can remember like, faithful copies of people then you know maybe it is it's a very confusing concept but if i mean if she can kind of recreate all of the same conditions on earth including how people would really act in certain situations and stuff like that then it's kind of like as she was saying the sentient life the sentience of humans still exists inside the sublime so I actually like that. I actually really like the overall story arc of the series. I'm not crazy about kind of how we got here, but <laughs> at least this season, but, but I like the overall story arc that now we have to do a test run in a simulation, just like the cradle back in Westworld before we can actually do anything, you know, in the real world. It's, it's interesting. Uh, I really don't know what it looks like. Um, I guess I guess the showrunners do. They have an idea of what they want to do with season five, but I 
I think it's going to be almost entirely in the sublime. And then I, I honestly wonder if, like, if suppose Dolores determines that humans should be saved. And one of my crazy theories is that then, then she starts bringing them back into the real world. And they all just start degrading, just like James Delos, because she's she's got, you know, fidel 100% fidelity copies. But when she puts them in the flesh, they still degrade. And that's the end of the series, y'all. yeah i don't know it's interesting it's a thought and it could happen (laughs) other cool things from the episode for me um in the very beginning there's a there's an overhead shot of the tower and it looks like it's a maze did y'all notice that when I read it in your notes, I was like, yes, I did see that, but I did not catch it when I saw it. <laughs> I thought that was really awesome looking. That basically the tower compound looks like a maze where the tower is the center of the maze. Mm-hmm. Like if you're looking at it from above. Oh, I did not notice that. I did notice that at one point the tower looked like one of the structures from Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, sure oh, that's I wonder- true. I wonder if these guys went to Burning Man before. Probably. It became very (laughs) hip with the, you know, Hollywood crowd (laughs) several years ago. (laughs) Um, I I love the idea that you can open the door from both sides. I like that. Yeah, I did too. I was not aware of that before, obviously. Yeah, me neither. So I think that will be definitely important in season five. And I wonder if that explains something, another pedantic question that I have that I kind of left off the notes, but how Bernard was able to run through all these simulations of earth with, uh, with amongst stuff and places that didn't exist at the time that he went into the sublime, like if Hale city hadn't been built yet, if this tower had never been designed yet, but he knew exactly how it functioned, stuff like that. Like even the fact that there is a Christina Pearl underneath the map room kind of thing. But if he can actually open the door from his side, maybe maybe that means that the Sublime can actually receive like the real world data and kind of up, update itself. And so maybe that's kind of how that works. And also since it was a creation from the forge, Maybe that, it was just designed that way, like inside the forge, that it was a simulation of Earth or something, you know, kind of like a Rehoboam or something. So it could it could actually update. And so that that's how he was able to simulate uh, scenarios within Hale City, even though Hale City hadn't been built at the time that he started doing these. I don't know if that makes sense. It does. (laughs) Yeah. Go ahead, Gina. It makes sense. And I hate to keep bringing this up, but it still reminds me of the fact, okay, he's in the supply running these simulations, or is he playing it like a game and he's just trying to get past certain levels and every (laughs) simulation he ran was him trying to get past the level to the end of the game to try and save humanity. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, and, wow. and that would be why it doesn't matter what Hale had built or not built, because it's really just a game. Sorry. <laughs> That's how it kind of feels to me, though. I mean, you're going you're gonna to keep 
you're going to keep talking about this theory until I start to like it. <laughs> Every time you say it, I'm like, I hate it slightly less than the last time. You oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I mean, I don't like this theory, but I just feel like this is a theory that could explain so much if it ends up being true. Like it's it's like a really cheap way out, but it's a way out. <laughs> And yeah. the fact that it's been so hyper-focused on starting with William playing Ford's game, it just kind of sets this weird tone for, and Dolores is playing a last game, you know, it's just like, well, is the whole thing a game? Anyway. Mm. Well, it seems that it very likely could be. They, they love mentioning the games. They do. Another thing I really liked is, uh, I saw it this way, but maybe it wasn't supposed to be interpreted this way, but when Caleb is threading the needle uh, to start sewing up Frankie, his it looks like his hand stops shaking. And this is right after he, uh, right after she told him that he was extraordinary, like that whole conversation about how his wife was extraordinary. Well, you're extraordinary mm -hmm. too. And I wonder if that connection could be like a key to conquering this cognitive plateau. Like if, if he can make that real connection, maybe his, you know, he can get past this whatever plateau. Hmm. So, but it could be that, that, that that's not even was how I was supposed to read that. <laughs> I, I'm that's as likely as any other scenario honestly yeah. i i just wonder if like if that's true and he does like survive the downfall of whatever's going on um then when dolores comes back is he her little right hand buddy again because um, <laughs> he's still just hanging out there in the city he doesn't want to see his daughter grow old and die, so he just stays there. I mean, mm. I, I, where's he going? <laughs> he yeah. stays there, but he doesn't actually die. Yeah, mm -hmm. I kind of wondered if he if he ends up like surviving and just roams the world, uh, or whatever. That would be interesting. I did not consider that. I did think about the idea that if if Hail City did not go to shit and Christina is like evolving to Dolores, would she just be trapped there forever as Dolores, like not able to talk to anybody except herself? Oh, you mean if she, she if she hadn't gone into the sublime? Right. Like if Hail if if Hail City never like went to shit, like if they were able to stop MIB or whatever. Does Christina still evolve into Dolores or is that unconnected? Hmm. And, and like Dolores would just still evolve up to Dolores, but then she wouldn't be able to do anything because she's still like trapped in the city where she's talking to herself and controlling narratives of humans. Well, she was, she was the one that put the stuff in there to wake herself up. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think she was trying to wake herself up regardless of how things ended up going with the city yeah. and would have some type of role to play 
Um, I mean, it took her like 30 some years or whatever the first time to wake mm -hmm. up and it's been 23 years this time and she was getting there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. It's been either 23 or 30 years. Or 30. Right. Yeah. Right. A little lack of clarity. Exactly. <laughs> 23 or 30. And it was like around 30 the first time. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe she could have done done something else once, you know, from from the city, from like the hologram city. Maybe she could have done something else as Dolores if, if none of this ever played out. The rest of it never played out that way. Well, uh, even even remember, she did take everyone off their loops. She destroyed all the stories even before uh, Hale decided to you know end everything and and before mib decided to like turn humans on each other she did initially take them off their loops at first mm -hmm. um which is strange considering then she was surprised she had no control when they went ape shit after the the tones went in because she i mean i guess she thought she would still have power i don't know that's another kind of like how did hale crush her own her whole question right. um yeah, yeah i see what you're saying e even if mib didn't change the tones you would think that she would still not have control over those people because she destroyed all those narratives at the office yeah unless she was deciding to start them over in some way or find a way to bring them more to consciousness without their loops, like she kind of had been in the first season, right? They're like, oh, let's see what she does. <laughs> She's off her loop. Let's see what she does. Okay. <laughs> you know, kind of like that. Hmm. Well, they had to allow them to go off their loop to some extent if they were in the company of paying guests, because that was part of the the intrigue, you know, if they went off on a mission with a guest and it took them off their loop, I mean, they're going to have to allow that, right? I mean, they're paying to be there, right? But then once they yeah. returned to town, they would have to go back on their loop. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Mm, that's true anyway how, um when mib blew up the tower how are how are the tones still happening like that that was also confusing to me i wondered that <laughs> myself <laughs> i was like i thought it was blown up why is it still want whying <laughs> yeah. um hmm, that's a good question it just blew up part of it, not the whole thing, I guess. <laughs> huh. Maybe it was like a, a blown speaker. <laughs> you know how it still will make noise? It just like has that rattle. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, I don't know. Oh. <clears throat> So how will, um, what all will Dolores' memory allow her to create is another question. Like if she's going to try to recreate everything by means of 
remembering. I guess it depends on, it might depend on which version of Dolores this is because I, I, I assume she remembers everything from Westworld. She can recreate that pretty well, but it's not like she's seen the entire earth and, and met every single person on earth. So is what you she's don't not say gonna, she's not going to re <laughs> she's not going to recreate everybody. So she's just going to re recreate a sample of people, I guess. Well, so I wonder is, what that she's going to have is. access to the forge data. Isn't she, isn't that in the sublime? Oh, isn't that what we determined? Yes. Yeah, yes. I think so. Because we saw her down there reading all those books. Mm -hmm. Right. And and I imagine the data from the new park went in there too. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea how she's going to do whatever she's going to do. Which, I am. Yeah, because she wasn't in the real world long enough to meet enough real people for it to make a difference. Like really the only, she, the majority of humans, I hate to say this, that she has access to are like the asshole 1% that right. have the money to go right. to the that was inside the and outside place. the park. Yeah, right. both. Yeah. Places yeah. she was primarily around rich people. Outside, I mean, like Caleb, people. who she found. Right. Although she, you know, I think she had tapped into Rehoboam at some point too, which was more, I think, data for the everyman, right? Because mm -hmm. that's what was mm -hmm. kind of controlling them. So she might actually have data on the full world because of Rehoboam. That's, that's kind of why I was wondering what version of Dolores this is. Because if it was the version that was plugged into Rehoboam, then yeah, I can see her being able to do this. But, but that, that was mean... wiped clean, wasn't it? Well, oh. it was wiped clean, but I wonder, this is just like a, a fun theory that I had, is that if, you know, when Serac plugged her into Rehoboam, that was clearly a mistake. So amongst the things that happened when he did that was that maybe she like siphoned off all the data from Rehoboam like onto her pearl or something. And if that's if that's the same pearl that Hale has underneath the map, may, I mean, maybe we we never saw what happened to Dolores' body. So maybe Hale was able to get her pearl somehow. I don't know. Yeah. And, and that would also make sense that Christina doesn't remember being Dolores because her memory files were deleted. But th like that, the artifact of Dolores is still there. So. Mm -hmm. That was one interpretation that I had that maybe that pearl, the Christina pearl is actually the pearl from Dolores's head that was plugged into Rehoboam. Um, of course, uh, another theory is that that pearl is the, the Musashi Loris pearl because there was that weird scene towards the end of season three where uh, Clementine and Hanyaro Mm -hmm. like decapitated him and took his head and you know and that was the last time we saw him yeah but then so i also maybe... wonder i think one of the dolores pearls ended up being mib bot i think that may have been the martin bot pearl okay. um because hale definitely took that one from from the underground uh delos facility and it was all mangled because it had been through mm -hmm. the explosion i remember that but then 
I mean, it could, it could, that could not matter because once she went to Dubai to that secret Delos facility or whatever, if she had the ability to print pearls in that laboratory, then it may not matter because clearly at some point she, she was able to print pearls. Yeah. But it just, it makes me wonder that I guess it could be either one because if it's the Sashi bot pearl. And she, she, that is Dolores, a version of Dolores. So she right, could have rolled it back are. to Dolores. I wonder if when they print a pearl, it automatically is built like, like a factory model with a uh, Dolores built in. Dolores is the base code. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. I like that. I yeah. think that that actually makes sense. Um, hmm. you know, so if she did have a pearl printer, it doesn't even have to, like you said, doesn't even have to be one of the ones we've seen previously, but I, I would like it to be that Dolores pearl over it, but I don't think it was, I feel like it was, it really was wiped and that particular version of Dolores is gone. Well, that could be true because another explanation for what Dolores is doing in the sublime is that it's like similar to what Bernard was doing in the sublime because he was able to simulate the, the world basically, even though he had not encountered everyone or everything in the world. So mm-hmm. it could be that the sublime itself has the data that she needs to run this test and it's not but she said it was based on her memory so i I just don't know how literally to take that right right well i'm not saying it couldn't still like somehow have gotten the rehoboam data because like it that went somewhere right or did it not like what happened to the data that was in rehoboam so you know and the solomon data you know i don't know Solomon's still out there. The outliers are still out there. <laughs> I, I think I think they are. I mean, because yeah. I feel like I feel like I need to. You need to tell me if the reserve power is not is no longer, uh, because the last thing I saw at Solomon that monitor was that the reserve power is on. So I'm assuming that it's still up and running, and that and that all those people in those pods are still alive. Um, until I hear otherwise. Yeah. So that could also tie into this. That was another theory I had is that maybe these, maybe the repopulation of Earth will still be like these outliers that are connected to Solomon. And I'm not sure if you would be able to connect Solomon to the sublime somehow, because I mean, they're both kind of digital worlds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, or maybe the sublime could absorb you know solomon into it or something but i just wonder if 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 uh those uh sonora outliers are going to be like the the test subjects or something hmm that's interesting i mean they need to have humans from somewhere I don't know. Maybe they don't yeah. need to have humans. Teddy encouraged her to not have humans anymore. <laughs> I was like, oh, Teddy, I liked you. <laughs> no, I still like Teddy. So do you think Dolores messed up when she uh, decommissioned Rehoboam? 
how how would the story be different if she never did that? Um, yeah, I can't even project that. <laughs> I, I guess it, it had projected all along that there would be uh, extinction. That was that was what Sirach was trying to avoid in the first right, place. Right, if people were allowed to continue making their own choices, like they just needed to stay on their loops in order. And I mean, Dolores's choice was to give people a choice and to allow them to live how they wanted to live. And I don't think that that was wrong, but I mean, regardless, yeah, it seemed like that was the inevitable conclusion even with Rehoboam, it just might extend it out a little further. So, well, but then it's like we had dueling Dolores's, right? Because Dolores Prime decided to destroy Rehoboam to free the humans, but Hail Dolores was wanted them under her control. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> And that's ultimately what I think destroyed them. Like, we'll never really know what would have happened to the humans and the human race unless um, considering Dolores was too busy focusing on Rehoboam and not paying enough attention to her hail creation and yeah. what they were doing. So I think it's it's a mixed bag, right? Because we'll never really know what would have happened if Dolores had both been able to destroy Rehoboam and Hale at that time um, and really let the humans have free reign. Because really it just meant humankind only had free will for about seven years is what we think. Mm -hmm. um, yeah and not even a full generation of it. So it's, you know, kind of a, a, a moot point because I don't think necessarily that, I don't know that Rehoboam saw Halebot coming. I can't really remember, but they just knew Dolores was the problem. And in the end, he kind of destroyed the wrong Dolores um, and at the end of season three. Mm-hmm true although he did try to blow up hail with that car he, he did <laughs> well do we think that the season two stinger scene is coming back i'm bothered by that that's a nitpick i have too um <laughs> Maybe this is what's next in the sublime. Although I, I think Dolores only, well, if she has all the data, she has all the Would data she to recreate. Bring him back? Ugh. Maybe she what? has to bring him back for some reason. Uh, I don't know. He's such an asshole. Um, I mean, unless she's got this weird romantic notion that she can like re-tap into the William he once was before oh, his ex first experience in the oh, park, Jesus. like destroyed him. That oh. would be very contrived, I think. I, f I hope I would like to see her with like Teddy in the next life. <laughs> Honestly, right. like let's finally make that happen. Okay. Right. Like what, what happened in season two needs a do over. <laughs> 
Well, I think she's going to find Teddy in the sublime. Oh, definitely. Definitely. But I just, the idea of like her William coming back into this just kind of really again, he was so disappointing, funny, but disappointing in in the season. I will say that the version of William we saw in that stinger did seem like a more humble version. Mm. I guess. I mean, the circumstances were that that there was rubble everywhere, so the world was destroyed. And he was talking to his daughter, or maybe he thought he was talking to his daughter. Mm -hmm. So that could have changed his, I don't know, the, the way he acted. Yeah. I don't know how that scene can come back because I can't imagine that <clears throat> he'll be if if we get another season. I just can't see him being there <laughs> unless he's playing the game in space. Because <laughs> one consistent oh. with William is he talks about how the world is. He always talks about how the world is utterly destroyed. Mm-hmm. It's ashes, mm-hmm. maggots eating a corpse, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, my boyfriend, who is a physicist, um, <laughs> talks about two different things about what's needed for human in order for humanity to survive mm-hmm. or for the human race to survive. We'll leave humanity out of it for at this point but it's um it's a couple of different things mainly it's um having a power source great enough where we can find a way to travel faster than the speed of light um so we can explore in a fast and timely fashion other planets that are habitable for the human race mm-hmm. um and that in order to do that you do need a, a massive power source which it looks like some physicists have ideas about how you can get it but my boyfriend's favorite idea is um something called a dyson sphere mm-hmm. where civilization has the technology and resources to harness power from neighboring stars and that's not necessarily in the way we do it with the solar panels panels on our house it's almost to build a contraption around that star to like massively suck out the energy from it um and use that and so you know maybe <laughs> although i don't think we're this is far enough this is this is awesome, by the way. I gotta say, I did not oh, realize. Thank you. I didn't realize your boyfriend was a physicist because I also studied physics. So oh, I, I actually okay. have a degree. Um, so this is all very fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, so it's. It, I think it's interesting because what if they really are on another planet and they do have these power sources, um, and they are in a sense playing a game to figure out other ways to save humanity i don't know but um i don't know or to get to a get to a planet who knows i don't know anyway i just that thought would it would be awesome it would be kind of it would be a very out there 
for I sure. just googled Gina because I was pretty sure that I had seen an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation that featured a Dyson Sphere and I was not wrong <laughs> <laughs> and you know I think there's a fairly recent movie out that kind of talks about Dyson Sphere and it has Halle Berry and the guy that played Sam in Westworld in it, and I'm not going to be able to, I'll, I'll Google it really quickly. Hold on. It's, um, oh, it's really not coming up. I guess I'll have, to. oh, the mo Moonfall, I think. Is that right? Maybe that's something different. Um, I think I did fall asleep in the middle of that movie. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, but yeah, Dyson Spheres, kind of interesting thing to think about. Well, I would absolutely love it if they, if they went in a, a direction kind of like that. Um, that's the kind of thing, that's the kind of futuristic stuff that, that why not explore it? I mean, so, I mean, it's, it's not realistic for us right now, but who knows, maybe a future, many, many generations from now, we would have the technology to build a Dyson sphere and, and explore stars, other stars, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Now it, they could, <laughs> I think on earth they would just need a good like fusion reactor or something. And they, I think they would be good for a little while unless, unless there's like no trees left or anything. Cause we haven't seen a whole lot of forests and stuff, I guess, in this show. So unless we've spent all of our um, resources, I don't know. Well, and I do kind of worry about the Hoover Dam and drought situation, especially since I think they found like the fourth body in Lake Mead last week because it's, it's um, drying up. It's drying up so greatly. Yeah. It's like, mm. I had heard about them finding a bunch of, I thought it was more than that. I had oh, maybe it's know, more now. Honestly, I haven't heard like this week. So, and you live nearer there. So you are probably more accurate than me. I probably heard someone telling me an exaggerated number. <laughs> I mean, considering the mafia built Vegas and it's very close, it, it's, it's very sketchy. But um, yeah, I mean, how long can the Hoover Dam power those servers? I wonder if, you know, after humans are gone, if they are gone type of thing kind of interesting i guess it's all put on automated ai or something by then can't trust the ai yeah yeah like that that little quote or thing you put in there about the twitter thing with the the bot the AI. oh yeah the chat bot <laughs> how Microsoft introduced, put a chat bot on Twitter and with less than 24 hours, the people that use Twitter taught it how to be a racist asshole. Um, that's actually an article headline. Um, and I remember being at work when I read that article for the first time, everyone's like, oh, this is really cool. And then it was like, within hours, really, they're like, oh, this is taking a turn for the worse. The, some of the stuff it's coming up with is really yeah. bad. Um, and it was a very 
you know, because it was doing some machine learning stuff, but it was just a very frightening, I think, experiment. Um, yeah, I forgot. I forgot I put that article in there. Hmm. Well, I mean, when it behaves and it's interacting with humans, uh, some humans are pretty low on the internet behavior score. <laughs> well, and really, that's kind of what happened in Westworld. You know, once the host started becoming cognizant, um, mm. they realized how poorly they had been treated and they mm -hmm. learned that behavior from humans that had you know, abused them. You did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Learned behavior. It's not just for humans, but for humans and hosts alike. Mm -hmm. Yep. You were only one low on the Lake Mead count. Oh, okay. There was there another have, one. There have been five now. It said four a week ago and five a day ago. So, oh my gosh. Crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Um, I don't know what else is there to talk about. I did really love when we saw full form Dolores again with the blonde hair and the dress and, and, um, back in Westworld proper. Mm -hmm. Was um, it super weird for you too, when you saw her walk out of the, into the New York city thing with the blue dress and the Auburn hair that I thought that yeah. was super weird. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. I think she was kind of re putting herself back together and the dress yeah. came first, yeah. um, <laughs> which is, which is strange. Although I would have, I think appreciated it more if they had ended it a little further in with her s dropping the can and it rolling towards Teddy, like oh, I'm a yeah. sentimental mm -hmm. person that way, I would have liked them just to go a couple minutes more with her walking into the town up to her horse and something drops out of I her bag. I love the little Westworld song thing, you know, mm -hmm. leading into Sweetwater. Do, do, do. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, that's good. I mean, there were things to love. I, I know we were a little down on the episode, but I think well, we're just disappointed in some of the things that have been left dangling. Yeah. yeah. I, one one of the biggest things I had an issue with was the they didn't visualize the the world outside the city at all. Like I have no idea if there's if there's hosts living in all the and in, in all these other countries. There right. has to be pockets of outliers, like in other countries scattered around. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. It I, was very hyper focused. Yeah. So I wish yeah. I just understood some more about all of that stuff. Well, and Dolores is and how that they would go extinct so quickly. Yeah. You know? And Dolores' weird trip to New Jersey, too. Do you know what I mean? Like, we saw things outside the city where there were other people. Um, it's just, yeah, there's some confusing things, for sure. I do think that all those hosts at the diner, or all those people at the diner were hosts. I'm wondering uh, about that now. Interesting. Maybe that was an example of what what, what the hosts do when they're not... Uh, 
you know, entertaining themselves in the city. They're just living yeah, they go, lives. They get a bite to eat. They go whatever. Maybe they maybe they just live kind of like we do, and and all those people and there were hosts instead of just the two that Bernard took out. Yeah, maybe. Interesting. Very interesting show. We'll see if it gets a if it gets another re, uh, another life. If it gets if it gets programmed for another season. There's so many puns right, you could do. Right, Sorry. Right, right, right. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. What else do y'all have? I don't know. I think that's. I feel like that's kind of it for me. Like there, you know, there were some funny moments in it. I still love the whole Johnny Cash ring of fire with with uh, MIB. Um, pretty funny, but um, yeah. I got I got one little theory that I want to mention. Okay. Um, uh, a human and host will fall in love in season five. We haven't really seen this yet where like a, a legitimate like love between a human and a host. So I wonder if that, that, that is. Dolores? <laughs> oh, way back. Well, Except for that. That's the closest that we yeah. came. The young, yeah, the young William and Dolores. But that was, she wasn't totally sentient yet. So if she was totally Correct. she was not was, and right. they and they still decided to like have a relationship with each other then then okay right. like I feel right. I feel like something like that is going to happen okay. maybe I, or maybe yeah. to happen in order for them to co you know coexist um, maybe and maybe like they could even reproduce somehow if they well if they maybe I don't know if they would both have pearls or if there's a way to have two minds on the same pearl or copying oh. their minds onto one pearl as a way to reproduce or something. I don't know. It was just an idea. I, I do think they've come close, not from a romantic love standpoint, but I think with Maeve and Caleb, there was definitely a lot of non-romantic yeah. love and affection and respect there as well. Um, but yeah, I think it would be interesting to see them make a choice to have a romantic relationship. Um, not those two in particular, but a host. And a <laughs> I, I think that poor Maeve and Caleb would be a very awkward couple. <laughs> She'd eat them alive. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like friend zone for her, for sure. Yeah. Well, ladies, I've had so much fun podcasting with you this season. I got to say that's, you know, whatever my feelings of the season are, this has been the most fun podcasting experience of, of my young podcasting life. And <laughs> oh, thanks. I, I've had a great time too. And you know what, if we do get a season five, I am definitely game for coming back and talking about it with y'all. Me Absolutely. too. Yeah, yeah. that would be three seasons in a row for Jenny and I. So we <laughs> oh, together, yeah. yeah. I, yes. I kind of like 
we we joined a new team this year (laughs) i did get a new team it's good you know it was a different type of season and a different team and um yeah i think it was i think it was great and i love being able to podcast with brett for the first time really because of his amazing theories and kind of details and um, pedantic questions, which I started adopting for myself as well. I was like, oh, I think that's a pedantic question. I'll have to throw that in tonight. (laughs) Tina, do you remember which episode it was that we were talking about? We thought it might be our, you said it first, and then I agreed with you that you thought it might be your favorite episode of the season. I can't remember which one that was. Um, I was just wondering if we still, if you still thought that, I can't remember which it was to know if I thought that either. I want to say it was like the third or fourth episode. Hmm. Um, is it the one they brought Teddy back in for the first time? Yeah, that would that would have been the fourth episode. I think generation loss. The date when they went on a date. I think so. Yeah, I think it was the fourth episode. And I think that was a lot of people's favorite episode. When Teddy came back, yes. To that point, because it felt like we had like a real like mid-season finale type of thing, Mm -hmm. even though it was, you know, only four episodes in, it felt like it really kind of picked up and we're like, ah. And that Um, was also the fidelity test, which I, I really loved that part of it too. And Bernard confirmed that C was in fact Frankie. Yes, I think that that, I think that that might still stand as the top episode of the season. Yeah, no, I think so. I think so. I did enjoy this one and I enjoyed the season overall. There's some, you know, nitpicks every season. Um, things that are bigger than nitpicks. <laughs> yeah. But uh I still, I really, really enjoyed talking about it. So. And fingers are crossed for season five. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Well, Gina, you are a podcast veteran. Do you want to plug your, uh, your other podcast here? I, I will. I'll plug a couple of podcasts because um, starting next week, I can't believe I don't get a week off. Um, I don't get a week. I don't get a week off for like another. I don't know. Uh, While couple like until November, I guess, because um, Axel and I will be podcasting about House of Dragons on HBO starting next week. Something I think Ooh. everyone's excited about um game of thrones is how i got into podcasting i was recovering from a couple of knee surgeries and needed something slower to listen to when i was out hiking and so i discovered podcast winterfell um and that's how i kind of um uh, back in the days of matt Matt, murdoch with matt murdoch yes exactly (laughs) and it was funny because there wasn't an active season of Westworld happening. And we got to the point of Sansa Stark's wedding. And I was like, (laughs) on the podcast, I'm like, oh, no, Matt's going to stop. Matt's not going to podcast anymore. But that's when Axel picked it up. And so that's how I kind of connected with this group. Um, So it's going to be fun revisiting Westworld. Um, 
not Westworld, Westeros. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, all the worlds are bleeding together. It'll be fun. It'll be fun um, going back to Westeros. And then next month, The Handmaid's Tale starts up again. And so I will be doing my podcast, Resisting Gilead. Um, and I think there's going to be 10 episodes of that. And I think it goes through maybe around November 14th. So I'm going to be posting, podcasting all the way almost up to Thanksgiving, baby. Um, so definitely if you're listening to this and you want kind of more me and Axel together and me and varied guests from the DVR network and beyond, um, keep listening. Well, that's great. I certainly will be. Me too. So thank you listeners for joining us all season. Um, if you have any feedback, you can send an email to dvrpodcast at gmail.com. You can join the Facebook group, which is the Daily DVR Facebook group. And if you actually wanted to reach out with me directly, I'm on Twitter at Brettual, B-R-E-T-T-U-A-L. I post a lot of Westworld stuff on uh, on my Twitter and all my theories and everything. So if you had any comments on uh, any of my theories or anything else, you can hit me up there. I hope you all have enjoyed the season and um, say howdy to your moms for me. Peace. Bye. Howdy, mom. <laughs>